Hey everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is the mm-hmm. creator of Goatman himself. Hell yes. Tim. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Tim, I want you to know that probably like one in every three of your tweets in the last week has somehow mentioned the fact that you're the creator of Goatman or that Goatman is on sale. Uh, yeah, it's called The Hustle, my man. You gotta hustle. <laughs> what are you... I'm just saying, I thought I was, I thought I should shilled things shame, shamefully <laughs> on this show. Um, I'll give you a chance at the end to, to shill Goatman. Thank you. Yes, we look forward to that at the end. Uh, this is a horror movie podcast called Screams After Midnight, and we talk about horror movies on this show. Like every week we, we have a movie, we watch it, then we talk about it together, that's the whole thing. Plus we also look at horror movie news, is another thing we do now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll be doing that first before we get to the movie. Uh, when we get to the movie, we'll start spoiler-free, we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. And what is the movie this week? That's probably a, a very important part of information that I have uh, neglected to mention up until this point. The movie... <laughs> is The Curse of a La Llorona, which mm. came out earlier this year. We missed it at home theater. Uh, missed it at the theater. Uh, we're doing yes. it now because it's we missed that, video. like, three-day window that it was in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> I have to imagine this probably did better than a lot of other horror movies this year, just just because it's technically part of the Conjuring mm. universe. Sure, yeah. You know, I'm sure it made its money. And I, I forget when it came out, but if it was like January or February or something, probably didn't have too much to contend with, I guess. Well, I think it was later than that because it just came out in home, home video. Okay. So, yeah, I have to imagine it was like April. Mm. What's coming out in April? <laughs> Would that have been Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're on. I tried to take on the Avengers at the box office. It didn't didn't do too hotly. Uh, but luckily its budget was like a, a mere fraction of what Avengers budget was so they were able to uh, make the money anyway mm. that would be my assumption yes uh, Tim's in one of his moves today I don't even know where to start uh, but we're going, to look at, we're, going to, we're going to look at some horror movie news before we do anything else before we do anything else uh, so first thing is first apparently we have a, a new thing on Halloween sequels every week this is apparently now a trend is that we can't go a week without more news about the Halloween sequels. Uh, so the the buzz here is that uh, Tommy Doyle, if you remember, he is the little boy from Halloween and was, was then later played by Paul Rudd in Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers. That's the sixth film in the series. That's right. Uh, he's apparently going to be back in some capacity. The character, not Paul Rudd, just, for, <laughs> just to make this clear. Um, <laughs> it should be Paul Rudd. That'd be great. Yeah, but uh, he's apparently going to be back in Halloween Kills, which is the next sequel, as mm. opposed to Halloween Ends, which will be the conclusion. Although we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> I don't know. That just seems uh, it, it seems too weird uh, uh, because of yeah, Tommy Doyle was such a big you know character in Six, and now it feels weird to like you know since that's not canon anymore in these movies that. Uh, we're gonna have like this weird alternate version, which I mean, I guess you can, you know, make the same complaint about like Laurie Strode and stuff, since like, you know, H2O and whatever wasn't canon. But I don't know, it just feels kind of messy now to have like so many different versions of characters in different timelines. It, uh, uh, it, upset, it upsets me. <laughs> <laughs> it is messy, but this is what happens when you do the the reboot, but. Yeah. Like, you know, ignore all the sequels but keep the original yeah. again. Like this series has done this a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's the just the, the nature of it. So, uh, yeah. who, who will Tommy Doyle be a major character in Halloween Kills? I don't know, but 
it seemed worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Just to remind you, Halloween Kills comes out October 16th, 2020, and then October 15th, Ooh, 2021. I think I'm busy that day. Halloween ends. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Of course you're busy, Toby. I would expect no less. <laughs> I would expect no less. Oh, dear. All right, we can we can move on with the, the story uh, to the next one. Uh, so Neil Marshall, who directed The Descent, and, and Hellboy. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Got my Blu-ray this week. Yes, he unfortunately. Actually, it's my first 4K uh, Blu-ray I bought or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, yes, you you the one person who actually bought the new Hellboy on Blu-ray. <laughs> yes. Um, Listen, Best Buy had a, a steel book with uh, that was, had art by Mike Mignola on it, so Joe, I, I had to get it. I would have gotten anyway, but Joe, I love, I love the idea that Hellboy is the movie you went. You know what? I want to get the jewel pack with the Blu-ray and the 4K Blu-ray <laughs> because one day I'm going to have 4K. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they put out a video game console that plays 4K, I will have 4K. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, technically, um, there is one that plays 4K. The Xbox plays 4K discs. <laughs> uh, that's not a video game system. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so when Sony released a video game system, or Nintendo yes. released a video game system yes. that plays 4K Blu-rays... Yeah, um, when the next Switch comes out with a 4K uh, slot for it, I will, I will use it. <laughs> okay. Okay, 4K, 4K Deaths on a Switch. I don't see it happening, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, so, yeah, Neil Marshall, <laughs> who directed The Descent, and also Dog Soldiers mm-hmm. and Doomsday, mm-hmm. and might have done a reboot of Hellboy that no one liked, except him. Mm-hmm. Um, how dare you? <laughs> he's actually working on a movie called uh, The Reckoning, which is actually being produced by MoviePass. Even though MoviePass is shut down, oh, they're, still, Lord. they're still making a movie. Um, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, weird thing, weird thing. So the reckoning is set around a witch, or set around the witch hunts and the Great Plague in England in 1665, and follows Evelyn Haverstock, played by Charlotte Kink, a young sorry, <laughs> Kink, Charlotte Kirk, <laughs> Charlotte Kirk. <laughs> I think my mind's just putting dirty words into names now. Mind's in the gutter. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folk. Uh, she's a young widow haunted by the recent suicide of her husband Joseph, played by Joe Anderson, who is falsely accused of being a witch by her jealous landlord. Squire Pendleton, played by Stephen uh, Waddington, uh, after she rejects his unwanted advances. Um, Sean Pertwee uh, plays uh, the witch hunter uh, that comes in, uh, who you may know as oh. Alfred from Gotham. He's the, the tough Alfred Pennyworth from from Gotham. Oh, seriously, you think I watch Gotham? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that was more for the audience than you. I know you don't watch Gotham. <laughs> I think I, I might have watched one episode, but yikes <laughs> mm. no offense if uh, any listeners worked on gotham <laughs> honestly gotham's such a crazy show like we, we've been doing some episodes when there's not other dc shows on for the, the point of the podcast and it's starting to become fun and that this is so insane it's not good it's bad interesting but there's interesting elements i'll just say that interesting Maybe I'd watch it if there literally isn't like fifty thousand other shows <laughs> to constantly watch. Yeah. No, I. Let's see. Let's see. I. Witch Hunt. Okay. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Witch is a kind of and again. Uh, there's you know there's been 
uh, obviously the witch itself, but even something like um, Midsummer, like with the pagan stuff, mm-hmm. kind of feels like it's tapping into some of that. So it definitely seems to be kind of in the zeit- the horror zeitgeist a little bit just now. I don't know yeah. if um, like it's quite up to where supernatural stuff is right now, which I wish would calm down a little bit. I feel like we have really <laughs> run this course. More on that mm-hmm. when we talk about a certain movie later. Oh yes, because <laughs> you know, it's in the title. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I do like Neil Marshall, but uh, I mean, he's definitely had like, you know, misses like he's he's done like good enough stuff that I will still see his movies. But, you know, he's lost a little bit of goodwill, you know, with uh, some of his other stuff. So it's kind of hard to get like blanket excited for honestly, my feeling for Neil Marshall is that he made one great movie called The Descent. Mm. And mm. everything else he's made has been okay at best. I think Dog Soldiers is really fun. Um, and then, like, Descent, I, I think, is just, yeah, fantastic. And then, yeah, everything else I wouldn't say, like, it's not necessarily horrible. Like, they're usually still watchable, but, yeah, they aren't as, like, memorable. Um, so, y- yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I mean maybe once a trailer comes out if it looks good or something you can kind of get a little more excited but for right now the news doesn't you know terribly do too much for me uh, also star this, this movie uh the reckoning is also going to star <coughs> matt ryan who is constantine on uh the dc shows so uh, there's a couple oh. of dc related actors they've got in there uh so um yeah so marshall's co-writing uh with um edward ever swindle and charlotte kirk and obviously Marshall's directing because he's a director. That's what he does. Uh, so, yeah, that's the reckoning, which is apparently still happening. Uh, <laughs> release date moved up for the Saw reboot slash Saw Nine or whatever uh, uh, yes. it ends up being called. <laughs> uh, it was supposed to come out in October twenty third, twenty twenty, but now it will come out in May fifteenth, twenty twenty. Which I may be mistaken here, but I'm fairly certain this is the first time a Saw movie has not come out in time for Halloween. This is the first time it's been any other time of the year it's always been around october maybe late september a push to you know but close enough that it's still the run-up to mm-hmm. to halloween well i mean it makes sense i mean you know when you think in horror movie you're thinking may you're not thinking october you know so that's uh that's good <laughs> 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 to be fair i mean would you only want horror movies to only come out in october and like the rest of the year have no horror movies is that what you want <laughs> of course not but uh i almost exclusively only watch horror movies i would say my intake is probably like 98 percent horror movies but uh still i don't know it, it's just weird it's like you know for, especially for these big movies like you know october is such like a go time you know that i, I don't know I, I feel like each year we get like less and less horror movies we get like you know like one or two during october like yeah you don't want to only put stuff out in there but i do feel like you should have more in october than we usually get yeah that's that's fair that's fair as i mean i guess the hope is we'll have something better in october instead of a saw movie sure that's true yeah that's my my (laughs) positive takeaway from this um i wonder if this is because we've got a new halloween film coming out in october and then you know what like that that's going to win because it's called halloween we can't compete with a movie called halloween in october yeah, if they're banking on like you know getting by on the franchise name, if yeah they're worried people will pick a you know one franchise over the other, that's fine. But, yeah. 
And it works for us. I guess we get it over with sooner than later. Hey, at least we already went through the whole franchise. We'll have to do that again. We just need to Thank God. see the new <laughs> stupid one. Hell, maybe this one will be different. Maybe this is the one that will actually feel different. Yeah, even, hold out hope, but... <laughs> yeah, even though the director's the guy who did like two through four, so <laughs> maybe not. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, it's probably not going to be good. <laughs> yeah, probably not. Uh, so we got a couple of trailers to talk about then to wrap up the, the, the mm-hmm. horror news. Uh, the first one we'll talk about is Gwen, which is an RLJE Films uh, production. Uh, it's coming out on August 16, 2019 uh, as, a, as a VOD, uh, limited theatre release, but VOD. Uh, so something uh, we'll probably do in August, but we'll, we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. So Gwen is a, a young girl whose life seems to be collapsing around her, struggling with her mother's mysterious illness, her father's absence, and a group of angry villagers threatening to take her farm. Gwen must find strength to guide her family through the darkness, but as a malevolent presence begins to take grip of her home, it becomes apparent that there is a greater evil that may be too strong to overcome. And the word villagers probably hinted at this, but just to make it clear, from, and this is from the trailer, this is not a present-day movie. This is, you know, hmm. olden times. Unless that, unless that ends up being uh, the twist. Oh, the village. You think it's going to be the village? <laughs> it could be. You don't know. <laughs> it's going to be the village. Um... <laughs> I mean, the movie sounds uh, fine from the description. I, what did you think of the trailer? What did you think of the tone and the visuals? I, I thought it was a pretty good trailer. Uh, like, it definitely looks to be playing off, uh, you know, like a, a of atmosphere and stuff, which, uh, you know, I thought looked pretty good. Um, you know, I, I think, like, kind of, like, I saw, like, the headline for this, and it seems like people are kind of, you know, comparing it to things like The Witch and Hagazusa, but um, I, f- I get the feeling this isn't going to be as much of a slow burn uh, as those movies, like, uh, I, you yeah, know, which, uh, you know, I, I, you know, do like a period piece witch movie, uh, and, you know, I'm okay with it being a slow burn. I think this will probably have a, a little bit more uh, going on, though, but, um I don't know. I would say I'm attentively uh, uh, excited about this. Uh, I thought the trailer looked pretty good, but uh, I, yeah. I'm not like a hundred percent on board. Like, yeah, I could easily see it going either way, but at least for now, I'm, uh, I'm pretty interested. That's kind of how I feel. Like, I think the trailer has a couple of nice moments and a couple of nice shots, um, mm-hmm. some nice sort of silhouette <laughs> moments or moments where it's really nice framing in some shots. But um, I do mm-hmm. worry that it could very easily be a bit of a bore to sit through. Like it. Um, whenever yeah. I have like villagers and stuff like that in a movie, like I always just kind of get this vibe of like certain mm. movies that I caught in TV growing up that were terrible, mm. and I just associate certain mm. genres with things that I think are bad. Even though there's obviously mm. good examples, right? Oh, obviously, because I love the witch, yeah. which was great. Um, yeah. You know, Higazusa was not as good. Um, did have some good stuff in it though. Um, mm-hmm. and wasn't a, a, a you know a, a regretful <coughs> viewing experience. Sure. Um, so interesting that we seem to be getting more uh, in this kind of realm. Um, yeah. This is a this is a British set movie. If I, I I think I almost heard a Welsh accent at one point. It might even be set in Wales, which is bizarre. Or at least one of the actors I think mm. is Welsh. So mm. um, a lot of witches in Welsh. And well, and Wales. You mean <laughs> Tim, witches in Wales? <laughs> I need, I need you to let me know that you, you do in fact understand that Welsh people are from Wales <laughs> they're not from a place called Welch <laughs> no <laughs> well maybe they should change their name because it's confusing for everyone else <laughs> okay I'm going to ask you a question Tim and I want an honest answer where do you think Dutch people come from 
uh, th- that would be the Deutsch. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <laughs> Answer's Holland, Tim. They come from Holland. <clears throat> hey, I only got to worry about my backyard, baby. <laughs> you don't have a backyard. <laughs> you have a trailer. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> I could just pick up and go anytime I aspire, aspire to be Bruce Campbell and, and my name is Bruce and or uh, Ashby's Evil Dead he's basically the same character in both despite the fact that he's played himself in one of those movies um, yeah. <laughs> so no nah, trailer for Gwen looks looks okay maybe promising um, I'm not ready yeah. to go all in on it yet but yeah we'll see yeah, yeah I think we'll definitely check it out and um, yeah it's uh slightly hopeful we'll see witches are hot right now witches are hot people love them witches okay tim's just revealed that he has like some sort of big weird fetish for witches that's good to know <laughs> i was saying witches are popular people you know sabrina's big uh, you know the you had the witch hagazusa that's uh you know, everyone wants to get on the witch train right about now okay Okay. Um, Scarlet Witch is getting her own TV show. That's true. That's true. Scarlet Vision, or sorry, sorry, One Division. One Division is the title. Scarlet Vision. Um, All right. So the other trailer we got, uh, the more notable movie, the one that people you know are are aware of, is uh, Zombieland Double Tap, the sequel to Zombieland. Um, A movie which we have not done in the show. Um, I imagine we probably will try and do it because the new one's coming out. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh, was that noise? Oh, it's just, yeah, okay, <laughs> if we have to. <laughs> yeah, I, honestly, I, I'm kind of in the same boat. I, I think Zombieland 1's a pretty, perfectly decent movie, but it's, yeah. it's a very, I do find people really love it, and I don't really get why. Mm-hmm. It's it's, kind of, it's fine. You know, it's got some funny moments, cast are pretty enjoyable, but it's not, I've never mm-hmm. felt the need to revisit it, and I saw it in like 2010 or whatever. Yeah, no, I'm, uh, yeah, the exact same way. Like, I, I think it's fine. I liked it when it came out. I, you know, didn't buy it. And this was a time when I bought, like, everything. Uh, it's, I, I don't know, I, I, I feel like that was, like, we were right at the peak of, like, zombie saturation at that point. Mm. And it was just kind of like, uh, really, we're doing the zombie thing again, especially, like, you know, the comedic zombie thing, like Shaun of the Dead is just such a like great, perfect movie. I feel like, and if you're going to do a zombie comedy, like you really have to find like, you know, a good unique angle or whatever. And this was just like, Oh yeah. All right. Whatever. Yeah. I um, like Shaun of the Dead more than Zombieland as well. Yeah. Without hard. a doubt. Um, yeah. so... I mean, the cast is good, but like, I just don't really care and then this trailer though this trailer actually really pissed me off <laughs> this this is the first time i watched it i didn't watch it earlier in the week when nor, people... nor did i i just watched it for the first time before we started as well before we move on though i just want to mention that when you mentioned that you never bought it i looked up to check if i had i do have it the weird, <laughs> thing, the weird thing is is that um there was a time when i was buying a lot of blu-rays where there'd, there'd always be these like three four deals so it'd be like three for 20 kind of thing oh right um yeah. so I ended up with a lot of movies over time that were. I just oh yeah, that's a fine movie. That'll be the third one to make up the deal. Like <laughs> that happens yeah, a lot. Yeah, actually, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like we used to have just like like these big plastic bins. Like when I go to like Best Buy or something, that would be like, yeah, like three for fifteen, three for twenty, and then you find one or two that you really want, and then it's like, well, I gotta do the deal. So it's like, 
but, 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 but okay, I guess I'll get like old school or Top Gun or something. Fine, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and to, um, be, to be fair to those deals, typically it still works like because even if you go, I'll just buy the two I actually want, it would work out yeah. way more expensive just getting those two anyway. So you might as well get the third movie because it actually makes it cheaper. But, yeah. <laughs> um, well, let me ask you do you think it was kind of telling that we see like almost no zombies in this movie or in this trailer? I, I, cause like, I felt like really like how many zombies did you see? It was just like all like jokes. Yeah. You know, honestly, I think there may be a couple towards the start when they're shooting their guns at yeah. something, but I'm, I'm just sort of assuming there was because they were firing their guns. <laughs> I don't actually yeah. remember a whole I think, lot. Yeah. I mean, he, here's the thing. I think, uh, I'm a lot more critical of, of comedies. Like I, cause I love horror movies, but I really just kind of like unabashedly love them. And even to maybe the detriment where I like some that, I don't know. Might even be bad. I don't know. But yes, Tim. Uh, I've got an example. I've got an example for you. I've got an example of a horror movie that you like that may actually be bad. I've got one. I've got one ready to go. It's in my pocket. It's in my back pocket, and I've been waiting to whip it out. It's called The Boy about a stupid doll named Rams. Yes. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I guess that's up for debate. But um, oh, you said but I think, that. Uh, comedy, though. I, I think I'm much more like snobbish about like there's like definitely like with a lot of comedies i kind of turn my nose up and that's when i go like Ugh, people like that or whatever and especially the way the like jokes are just so like oh, that's just like the easy dumb hacky way to do a joke and even the trailer like the stuff they're doing feels like so like dated like you know they're showing the shots where like you know someone jumps and then it's like slow-mo like you know that, that just feels like such a early 2000s kind of thing and then like Joe, it's funny that you brought up Shaun of the dead because i didn't even think this when i was watching the trailer but they actually there's a joke in this trailer at the end of the trailer yeah, yeah which is yeah, which yeah. is directly from Shaun of the dead it's where they meet another yeah. group that are the same as them like yeah. the same sort of counterparts where we don't get to see all four of them but we see like the woody harrelson counterpart which is played by uh what's his face luke wilson and then we see the guy who's kind of their jesse eisenberg we don't get to see the, their version of emma stone or whatever yet i assume they're going to be there though because that makes the joke work is that there's all four yeah. of them um and then they do like this stupid like i feel like this is like 70 percent of like comedies now where like the joke is something weird is going on and then the other person like is just commenting on it like so like you're saying this joke is here is that <clears throat> you know these people that are very similar they all meet up and then you know uh, that just can't be the joke itself it has to cut to you know emma stone's character going is anyone seeing this this is crazy right like i feel like that is like so much of comedies yeah. now and i just hate it <laughs> it's always like someone just have to make like a snarky meta comment like isn't this stupid it's like yeah you wrote it so. yeah the, the comedy yeah. comes more, more from the commentary of what's happening rather than what's happening um because one of the things that makes that joke and show that work is that no one really like comments on it they just kind of nod at each other exactly. and it's just yeah. it's there it, and it's for us to kind of laugh at because like this is ridiculous that there's an identical group yeah there's a lot of uh like i like a lot of you know like kind of like dry british humor and again maybe that sounds like kind of like a snobby thing but i like that like people aren't constantly like yeah yeah making those kind of jokes and having to comment on the situation and stuff and i don't know honestly like i watched the trailer and i was just like eh, whatever but now after talking about it i'm actually legitimately <laughs> mad like i don't know this is and it also does the stupid really stupid thing where like I don't know. Offhand, do you have when the first one came out? Uh, I guess ten years like, ago, two thousand nine. Okay, yeah. Ago. So, 
<clears throat> like, I just don't understand why the hell, like, you need to do, like, a sequel 10 years later. Especially, like, comedies, uh, sequels, usually end up being, like, so bad because you either just recycle the same jokes from the first movie, which, you know, again, it's like, all right, why are we doing this? Uh, these are literally just the same jokes. Or, you know, you try to do new stuff, but then, you know, people get upset because it's like, oh, well, this is different. Like, what happened to the jokes I like from the first one? Yeah, like, Joe, it's funny. People always talk about sequels never been as good as the original. It's kind of it's kind of something that's died away over the years. I remember that being a big thing people said a lot when we were younger. And it's kind yeah. of died away because, no, there's actually enough sequels now that have surpassed the originals that you just kind of, you know, you can roll with it. Um, I think comedy actually, though, is maybe one of the genres where that myth kind of was really heavy because... Yeah. Like, there's very few comedy sequels that are as good or or even just not bad uh, compared to the original. Yeah. Um, the only examples I can think of, really, in my head would be uh, the Pink Panther movies. The first one was not even mm-hmm. close to being the best of that, that franchise. Um, okay. And I would I'm assuming ma- you're talking about the originals. <laughs> of course, obviously, yeah. Like, uh, Pink, <laughs> Pink right, Panther. Sure. <laughs> the Pink Panther Strikes Again is the best one in that franchise. It's that's a great comedy, but it's like the third movie. You know, it's just, yeah. it's just that. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> I might make an argument like... for a couple of the Police Academy sequels, but I, I'm not going to die in that hell. <laughs> I, I guess, like, I mean, growing up, I liked Wayne's World too, but like. Uh, if I watch it now, I, I have no idea. I mean, I don't even know if the first one holds up. It's been forever, you know, since I've seen well, those. Uh... Well, I think there's some sequels that I do like. Like, I actually really like Ghostbusters 2, and some people love shitting on Ghostbusters 2. But... Oh, I'm on the same boat. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like Ghostbusters 2 a lot. Um, I remember liking Wayne's World 2, but, I mean, it's been a long since I've seen either of them at this point, so I don't yeah. even know, know what to say in my opinion on those are anymore. Um, I had another example in my head, though, of what, a comedy that a sequel that that was held up with the oh Adam's Family Values. There's your one example of a okay, that's a good one. One that yeah, got better. I'll give you that one. Adam's yeah. Family Values is better than Adam's Family. There you go. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, yeah, it, that's a it's a tough one though. Yeah, I can't really. Uh, is it? It's telling. I'm looking up at my, the comedy section on my my Blu-rays, <laughs> and there's very few sequels there at all. Like. Yeah, you know all, all all the other genres like you know sci-fi and horror have tons of sequels in there. Mm-hmm. All, it was very little in the comedy section. Yeah, I just uh, you know I, I much prefer something like um, you know with uh, you know speaking of Shaun of the Dead, like I like that. You know, I I would never I I would rather have like you know if you have these funny people like yeah make another movie but you know do something different like they you know you go with Hunt Fuzz next like I I think it's better maybe to have like um you know thematic links between movies versus like <laughs> wait, wait so you don't think we'd be complaining if they did a, a movie with these four actors and it was a cop comedy and like <laughs> given that we're already comparing Zombieland to Shot of the Dead you don't think we'd look at that and go hey wait a minute <laughs> what well, no no well I, I'm just saying like uh I mean yeah you can make comparisons or, or whatever but I just I don't know when you're dealing with comedies I think rather sure if you want to get the team back together but you know just try something new because otherwise it just feels like you're recycling the, the same old jokes like you know if they even if they announced they were doing like a Shaun of the Dead to like uh you know the the team has enough like goodwill for me that I would you know go see it and stuff obviously but if they announced it I'd be kind of like that's oh, weird and unnecessary mm-hmm. you know? I don't know uh, again uh I'm sure we'll see it. Um, there's a but. 
some new characters. Uh, Rosario Dawson's in there. There's like a hyper over, hyper over uh, active uh, bimbo character uh, mm. because comedy. Mm. So you know, yeah. So the things we'll we see. have. Um, they go to the White House. I don't know, and I think that's the other thing is that some of the jokes that I'm seeing here about it's also oh, wasteland now, so they can just walk into the White House and sit in the Oval Office. I'm like, mm. I've seen that in like multiple things now at this point. <laughs> like <clears throat> that joke is old. Well, I mean, uh, I I don't remember much from the you know the first movie, but I I mean, wasn't that kind of like the joke in the first movie where they were like, "Hey, let's just go to Bill Murray's house." Like it's like, yeah, we can just go here and do whatever. Yeah, no, it was. Um, but I'm yeah. but I've seen this specifically, like. Uh, uh, Last Man on Earth, the Will Forte show. Oh sure, yeah I, had, yeah. I think literally the pilot had him going to the White House. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I think I remember that. Um, and I've definitely seen it in all stuff. It just I don't know. It's, I'm like I think this won't be a bad movie. I think this will probably be a f- fine little comedy. Um, sure. Probably. Um, it's hard to judge the jokes as of yet, but yeah, I, I'm not mm. someone who buys into the whole Zombieland hype and. The new one just looks kind of like more of the same, repeating maybe some of it. Obviously, the one thing they've got that's different they've been forced to treat differently is the fact that Abigail Breslin is now an adult. So they're kind of dealing with that. Which, by the way, did, were they actually sisters in the first movie or have they just become like sisters in a sense? I, I can't don't remember. really remember. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. <laughs> sure. I don't know. I mean, that's the other thing too. Like, do, I, I guess people like this movie, but does it have like a big fan base? Like, I don't know. Like, are there people like again? I'm sure there are people that are like, "Oh, cool, Zombie Land 2, I'll see that." But are there a lot of people that are like, "Yeah, oh hell yeah, oh man, I can't wait, finally." I think it might be. I think Connor likes Zombie Land a lot. Oh dear lord! <laughs> I think he does. Ugh. All right, well, you can guess on that episode. <laughs> <laughs> What, and do, are you hoping it'll replace you, or you just want them there so you can yell at them? Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> a little bit of both. Yeah, you don't get you don't get episodes off, Tim. Mm. Uh, yes, as soon as I can afford that, <laughs> Tim look-alike mannequin that I can just <laughs> put in front of my uh, what do you call it? Computer camera. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Webcams, the, the phrase you're looking for, I think. Yes. Oh, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> I like the idea of you setting up a Tim mannequin, and you'll still be here to talk about it. You'll just, but you'll have like a mic, and you'll be in the bath. You're, yeah. just, you're talking from the bath with some headphones on, and we'll just have like a mannequin sitting there for the camera with a little honestly, speaker. It honestly, it doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Zombie Land Double Tap. Um, you probably won't expect us to be so uh, lukewarm to negative on that, but. Neither of us are big fans. The first mm. one's okay. I don't think it's a bad movie. I just I don't get the the, the love that it gets. <sighs> yeah, well, I can't wait to uh, read the comments on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> you idiots, do your homework. Blah blah, blah. whatever. <laughs> I thought you may be referencing a comment on a recent episode there <laughs> with that specific dig. Um... <laughs> <laughs> what can uh, I say? We hate horror movies. We barely watch them. What do we know? <laughs> yeah, what do we know? What do we know? Three hundred and like forty episodes in. What do, what do we yeah. know about horror movies? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! And if I could trick Tim into it, I am seriously shooting for thirty-one episodes in October. Right? I'll mm-hmm. tell you that right mm-hmm. now, guys. Hashtag mm-hmm. all thirty-one. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
mostly. <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it depends on how much we can get done before then. I, I'm all up for, uh, you know, because because I want to enjoy October as well. I don't want to, yeah, you know, I don't want to have homework throughout the whole month. But you're gonna be watching horror movies yeah. anyway. We can make up the numbers come October. Easy peasy. Yeah, but there's a difference between like, uh, you know, oh, I'm gonna sit back and. Uh, you know, watch, uh, you know, this old horror movie I like versus, uh, you know, when you are like, oh, no, you got to watch this, we'll, we'll like, pick straight movies. to DVD. We'll pick... Hey, do you know what? Tim's <laughs> giving me shit right now. I, I am very lenient with letting Tim pick a lot of the movies for October. He he picks most of them. So I am not going to sit here and be told that I am dictating movies for Tim to watch in October. I'm not having it. <laughs> All right. I do actually have okay. one or two I want to see, though. I, I, I got some recommendations for my podcast. I'll, I'll talk to you after, Tim. I'll talk to you after. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Some curious little gems that I've never heard of before. Well, one of them I've never heard of before. Anyway, uh, so that's the news. Uh, <laughs> or 10 minutes of zombie <laughs> land bashing, um, as, as it may be known. Uh, so we can talk then about the movie for this week, which is The Curse of La Llorona, which, mm-hmm. believe it or not, is a is a tie-in to the Conjuring universe. More on that in a bit. Um, but, so seamlessly tied in. So we'll start this spoiler-free. And we'll give you warning in the middle before we get into spoilers. The first thing I want to say about this movie, Tim, before I even tell you what it's about, is that this whole tie-in to the Conjuring thing um, Uh is I saw the trailer for this before anyone knew it was a tie-in to the Conjuring. And I I joked after I saw the trailer that the priest in the movie, I was like, that actor played the priest in Annabelle, the first Annabelle movie. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's weird. He's basically been given the same role again. That's very odd. Mm -hmm. And then it was Matt who said to me, oh, what's this about la Llorona being in the conjuring universe and i went huh i guess that makes sense since the actors there as a priest um mm-hmm. I, that's not to say that i i think it feels seamless in the movie but because <laughs> I, I, matt suggested they tack that on at the last minute and uh, unless they just did all those scenes with him like as reshoots mm-hmm. later on um i think it was always intended to be part of that um Sure. Although I would lo- I love the trivia if this was true that they cast this actor as a priest and then halfway through shooting someone said hey by the way he basically <laughs> played the exact same character in, in Annabelle we could tie it in um, oh so. man yeah that's great what do you you want a cookie or something <laughs> you figured it out <laughs> you know I was trying to think of yesterday you never see anyone eating cookies in sci-fi movies <laughs> think about it <laughs> Can you name one sci-fi movie where someone eats a cookie? To you have a fair, sci-fi podcast. To be fair, I don't think sci-fi movies are typically movies where you see people eating much of anything. There's not a lot of dinner scenes in sci-fi movies. I don't know. Ray makes that bread in uh, Force Awakens. <laughs> I'm not saying never. Obviously, Alien has the big dinner scene where the chestbuster happens, but I'm saying that typically a sci-fi <laughs> movie, especially a sci-fi action movie, I don't think typically <laughs> lends itself to a lot of eating. Do you, do you think that counts? Because like the... Chest pressure, like probably was eating like its way through the body or something. <laughs> but they were all eating in the scene. That's true. I um. They were literally having I, dinner. God, Tim, watch Alien again. Yeah. Such a un- uncultured <laughs> swine. I um. Uh, I'm reading the Alien Three uh, comic book right now. Oh, I read that. The the, uh, the script that wasn't mm-hmm. made. William Gibson script. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, so it's not particularly good, but it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but honestly, I uh, I kind of like the direction they went with in the movie more, even though the movie obviously has a lot of faults. But I I yeah. think there's an answer in between the two. 
that it'd be a yes. better movie. But that's sure. what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. It, it um, is what it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, <laughs> other like any type of action movie, like Die Hard, for example, doesn't like no eating in Die Hard of any kind. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Which bizarre horror? Because you watch a lot of horror movies, Tim. So you watched. You said yes. earlier on, ninety-eight percent of your intakes horror movies. The other two percent <laughs> is obviously the Despicable Me movies. But the <laughs> but horror movies do actually tend to have a lot of eating scenes because mm-hmm. I feel like there's so many scenes where it's you know I mean this movie uh, included like they'll have like a dinner scene like before the horror stuff happens at night like that there'll always be like a dinner mm-hmm. scene where they're like just being a oh, family. Yeah, yeah. Like, it happens all yeah. the time. So, you actually get a lot of heat eating in horror movies. At least there's food on the mm. table. I mean, you may not see them eating it, but... Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, we did, uh, you know, one of our uh, Patreon movies, we did The Ice Cream Man, which was just chock full of uh, <laughs> delicious foods. That, and, was, uh... that wasn't really ice cream. They were using, like, paid mixer or something for that. I don't know. <laughs> that was disgusting. Yeah. Absolutely disgusting. Um, oh, boy. So... Curse of La Llorona, uh, The Weeping Woman, um, which mm. once someone pointed out that that's what La Llorona is, I was like, oh yeah, that's the first episode of Supernatural. I've seen this legend. But this isn't some. This isn't something they made up for the movies. This is a you know, um, a real legend. Well, you know what I mean. Like it's an actual myth. Um, like why is it whenever it's like a like a female villain or ghost like why does it always have to be something like oh the you know the jilted bride or the weeping woman <laughs> like like where's like the cool like badass like you know like a female version of like freddy or jason or something like <laughs> I, just, I thought that was like i don't know kind of weird my my answer for you tim why that's a trend yeah. in myths and legends is as a one word it's called the patriarchy yes um, and <laughs> down with it down with it indeed <laughs> and that says that uh, you know, it's, it's kind of like how um, for a long time, like, not I mean, not every movie, but like, you know, if, if a woman was the main character, it had to be about protecting kids or it had to be about, yeah. you know, like, you know, it had to be which a Which is what movie. this movie is about. Uh, well, I mean, it is, which is nothing wrong with that on its own. There's nothing wrong with yeah, the yeah, movie yeah. being about that. But sure. uh, the idea that you can't have a story like, I don't know, Kill Bill, which, and yes, the motivation in Kill Bill is to get to her daughter, like, but yeah. to a point, but like, you know, like, but she's a badass action hero. Let's do yeah. There's a difference. Um, um, there must be like a female version of Freddy or Jason now. Yeah, um, and yeah, I can't think of one, so maybe you're right. Maybe there isn't. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there are examples out there, but yeah, I'm sure the more the majority of it, like, yeah, it's just you know this kind of stuff. Not, none that have taken off certainly. There's, there's none that have become as big as those characters. Yeah. That's a shame. That's a shame. Sounds uh, like uh, that one female Cenobite, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, Curse of the Lion, Your Honor, we get a flashback to the, the birth of the curse at the start in the whatever century that is. Um, and then we... And, yeah, it's basically just showing her like drowning her kids yeah. and like her kid... And when you were watching her. this, you were like, oh no, villagers. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> And it cuts to cuts to present day, of course, nineteen seventy three. Which uh, actually, I shouldn't say present day, but pr- present day for the movie's <laughs> sake, uh, yeah. nineteen seventy three. And it's set in nineteen seventy three because we have this character from Annabelle, and that movie was also set in the early seventies. Uh, mm-hmm. Although, funnily enough, at one point they clarify that this is set after Annabelle, which I was surprised by because I was convinced this character died in Annabelle. <laughs> so i I assumed it was set before because he was alive but then he's like no i encountered this doll i was like oh well this is after annabelle okay i guess he didn't die (laughs) 
I guess my memory of Annabelle's uh, not as uh, rock solid as I, I thought it was. We'll rewatch it. Oh no, we won't. Don't you don't you make promises. <laughs> We've reviewed that already. We don't have to go back to Annabelle again. That's done. We're up to date on this franchise. Well, at least we are now watching this one. Um. So. Yeah, so we're introduced to Linda Cardinelli's character. She's like the main mum of the film, and she has two kids. Uh, her her husband was a cop, but he has been recently deceased, and she is a caseworker. I, they don't specifically say it, but I got the sense that uh, he was killed by Annabelle. Oh, really? I didn't I didn't latch onto that at all. But you may be right. Maybe. I, like I'm not going to lie. It's entirely possible I was not searching <laughs> for the minutia of of uh details and <laughs> and the curse of la Llorona. i just i want to point that out i want to let a cat in tim uh, you uh go on about uh her caseworker she's a social services <clears throat> lady yeah so she's a yeah social service lady uh you know she goes to make this call uh you know about this woman that you know uh people uh have seemed to say that you know she may be mistreating her kids or they don't know where her kids are and uh you know they find out that she's keeping them in this like locked room with all these symbols and blah 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 and then uh you know she's begging her like oh don't open the door don't open the door and she's like hey come on i'm a social worker i gotta open doors and uh you know so she opens the door and then the kids are there and they're like god damn it you stupid linda cardellini lady cardellini <laughs> Card- <laughs> oh, yeah. Card- oh you're right you're right i've been saying it wrong <laughs> i've been saying card cardinelli all this time cardellini yeah. well. Fun- fancy that sorry linda <laughs> Uh, she's uh, the girl from Freaks and Geeks. That's how I will always know her, which it, it was kind of weird actually seeing her. And I was like, oh, man, she kind of like, I, I don't know. I was associated us with like being like a similar age, I guess, just because I watched Freaks and Geeks around the time when I was in uh, high school, I guess. Or maybe I was in early middle school. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I was always surprised to see her. I was like, oh, she definitely looks like a little older now. Um, she was a Hawkeye's wife as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Jeremy Renner, uh, what a great guy! Um, <laughs> Your favorite. So, <laughs> Your favorite. Really, uh, I, I love the character Hawkeye, but just like ugh, Jer- Jeremy Renner is so awful. Um, uh, have you have but... you heard his music? Tim, he's doing. He's, he's in a band now. He does some music. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh my god! <laughs> I don't have to look it up. That sounds. Uh, that there's no way that has to be good. Um, <laughs> I, I refuse to believe it. I'll check it out, but. Uh, but yeah, whatever. Uh, so yeah, this dumb uh, idiot lady uh, basically kills these kids. <laughs> but, hold on, uh, you're skipping ahead a little bit. <laughs> skipping ahead a little bit. So so they take the kids out of custody. Um, actually, I was just stop because we're not in spoilers yet. We're just we're just the basic crowd. Yeah. So basically, because she interacts with these kids who are you know obviously already under the threat of La Llorona, um, it passes on to her and her kids. And obviously, over the course of the film, creepy stuff happens, and um, they eventually have to get Tuco from uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad in, because uh, he's like the ex—he's like the the renegade ex-priest who comes in to deal with yeah. cases like this. <laughs> and uh, I don't know—he—he—I don't remember him from those other shows, but was he good in those? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think. Um, yeah, he was playing this tough gangster dude, but yeah, he did that okay. well, you know. He just seems so bored in this movie. Like it just oh, yeah. felt like he was really just like walking along, going like, "Oh, yes, 
I think, I think, it's, the, I think it's the direction. I, I think it's how he's been directed. I honestly yeah. do because uh, um, everyone in Better Call Saul comes off as a great actor. Every one of them, yeah. and I think direction's okay. a lot to do with it. Um, his yeah. character here is thankless. He he is this you know he is the stereotypical mystical dude who comes in. And one of the things that really stuck out to me about his character is that every time he talked about La Llorona, like he always just knew everything and he knew what the rules were. And and, and you know what, like. I like a horror movie with rules. I do, especially when it comes to supernatural yeah. stuff. But it never, like, there was never any reason or explanation for why he knew any of this. He just, like, yeah. knew, oh, Larry Yona wouldn't dare do this now. Okay. The, why? Yeah, and the <laughs> and the problem was is uh, he always kept coming up, like, with, like, these new, like, little rules. Like, because mm. it was, like, you know, he would do something and then, um, you know, something else would happen or, or they'd interact with Larry Yona again and then he'd be, like, Oh well, now this thing's happening, or now, and it's like, all right, like it, it, it feels like he's just like making it up as he goes along, or I mean, I guess more specifically, it feels like the movie is making up its rules as it goes along. Yeah, that's what it feels like. Uh, so that is the gist of the film. Um, I mean, that's probably quite obvious at this point. But Tim, <laughs> did you enjoy the Curse of La Llorona? Uh, actually, I thought it was pretty good. No, just kidding. Uh, it was awful. Uh. Yeah, this was I, I I really hated this. This was like uh it was super super generic like you know, we've talked about this kind of like shit that we hate, but like this is like the prime example of just like a generic CGI um you know, paint by numbers kind of jump scare movie. Yep. Uh, there's a it um yeah, you know, like you know how like sometimes like I don't think it's necessarily true for like every book, but you know like some people say like DC has like a, a house art style. Mm. Uh like I, <laughs> like I, I feel like um, you know, whoever in the you know WB is overseeing the Conjuring universe movies, I feel like they have like a house scare style. Like everything is just like <laughs> the same in like all these movies. It was like um, it it like it, it's literally like all right, we're gonna we're gonna like really show you this object for a couple of seconds. All right, so you know what that thing's like. All right, then we're gonna cut away. And we're gonna come back. It's still normal. We're gonna cut away. We're gonna come back. It's still normal. And then we're gonna come back and oh, guess what? Now there's a thing behind it, or oh, now this thing's jumping up. Like um, you know, there's a like like a scene where you know a door is like slowly uh, you know, kind of like you know, opening and shutting like with the wind or whatever. And it's just like such a like, all right. I mean, it's not even like fun anymore. Like we know what's gonna happen. Uh, and then um, yeah, it, it, it was just really annoying. I guess uh, you can you know, probably complain about like, you know, some weird kind of, you know, cultural appropriation like stuff. Like I don't <laughs> understand why you couldn't have just like, you know, set this in Mexico when you're dealing with like a, you know, like kind of well-known like Mexican urban legend or whatever. Um, uh, the sad answer to that is, uh, well, you know, pe- and people in America wouldn't see it. <laughs> yeah. M- money uh, yeah. and, you know, just <clears throat> ca- casual reasons that I won't get into, but you know, they all suck. Yeah. Um, do you, uh, like, it's always funny, actually, you joked there for a second that you liked it. And you've done this with me before, where you'll do a little joke <laughs> answer saying you either liked or disliked something that you actually liked or disliked. You know, the opposite, yeah. right? It was mm-hmm. funny, is recently we did an episode of, of The Ace, the sci-fi movie podcast that I do with Tara, and we did Elite Battle Angel. And mm-hmm. we spent, like, 20 minutes building up to the moment where I asked the question, did you like this? And we are both not fans of anime. We both don't like it very much. We both sat and talked about basically what our biases would be before we talked about the movie. And I, you know, I was really selling it as yeah, we're really going to not be into this. And she turned around and said she actually kind of liked the movie. 
and it took me like a good few seconds to actually accept that she was being serious and it wasn't like <laughs> setting me up for a joke for a swerve um so maybe one day you'll do that to me maybe one day you'll genuinely surprise me but uh today was not that day <laughs> not that day um so like yeah the movie sucks the movie do, do, early on i was thinking oh maybe it won't be too bad maybe because linda cardinelli is instantly a bit more likable than say the main character in the first annabelle or you know some of the other ones like i thought okay maybe i'll like the characters a little bit more and that'll get me through it um my big problem with this movie is it's just so boring and tedious and nothing yeah. ever feels like it's like it's, it's like often i'll talk about with dull movies the, i'll use the phrase going through the motions this movie is one of the most going through the motions movies i have ever seen yeah i there's no spark of life it's just doing what it's expected to do it doesn't feel like it escalates at the right pace um the the uh like i think like 80 percent if not higher are the jump scares are the exact same thing where the yeah. weeping uh, woman will appear in front of them grab the arm and scream in their face with the horrible yeah. cg face like that that is like what happens like that, that happens like seven or eight times in this movie it is absurd how many times that exact moment happens yeah and the uh, yeah cgi is really bad and uh th- there's just like a you know she doesn't even look interesting like it's not like you could say like oh at least this is like a cool you know character and monster design or whatever it's just like exactly what you would expect you know this kind of like you know like dulled down uh you know i i don't know if it's supposed to be a wedding dress but it kind of looks like she's wearing like a wedding-ish dress uh, yeah i think it thing. is I, <clears throat> honestly like what gets me about this is that this should be a really easy uh design to turn into a creepy image like i, I feel like a, yeah. a wedding dress with a veil over it like that yeah sure yeah. like you can make that creepy. It's got, it's got an instant sort of silhouette of recognition. Like, there's a lot of things to do with yeah. that. Um, but it, it just feels like we, we've done it, like, so much before, though. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, wasn't that the big thing in uh, Insidious 2? Like, you had the, uh, it was like the uh, the bride yeah. ghost or whatever. And then, um, and you know, I, I guess it came out before, but, you know, you even had, like, a wedding thing in um, uh, Annabelle Comes Home. And it's just like... Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's not like that interesting. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Aesthetic we've, anymore. We've done it a few times. Uh, that's very true. Um, I, yeah, and you know, I don't really care about the characters. Of course, I don't really care about one of the characters. There was like a real. I also like. I felt like like scenes like went on too long and stuff. Like like uh, we'll get to it in spoilers. But there's one scene specifically that like. I was screaming at this character because they were like being so dumb, and I, I hated it <laughs> so much. Is this is this involving a doll? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was not a fan of that scene either. Um, Joe's fight. I just clicked on uh, uh, the the mother who loses her children early on in the film. Uh, uh, Patricia. I, I was I was you know I was I, I felt, she felt familiar to me as I was watching it and I was curious to see what she'd been in that I'd seen she was in the mummy movies uh, funnily enough but where I actually know her from that I definitely recognize her from she was Arrested Marta. Development yeah Arrested Development yeah. she was Marta <laughs> on that yeah I I didn't realize that at first but uh my uh, wife was uh, actually really quick on that she was like hey wait a minute I know her she's uh, Arrested <laughs> Development I was like oh <laughs> good catch yeah really good catch actually um so. Yeah, she was Marta back in season one of Arrested Development. Job's mm-hmm. girlfriend, who was a Spanish or Mexican soap star. So, um, yeah, yeah it's th- just I don't I don't know. It's just, everything is just so dull and boring. It has like, 
the you know if, if you have like a little list of um you know like all the stuff that like you know you hate in a horror movie it just checks off everything it's like oh poor characters like um you know like you said going through the motions bad cgi's predictable jump scares uh you know not really any like a discernible plot just kind of making stuff up as it goes it's like it's it's all in there <laughs> it's all dumb and bad and uh, I hate it, and I and I, I like supernatural stuff. Like, uh, you know, probably like you know, definitely more than uh, you in this case. But, you know, if, if this is the kind of stuff we're getting out of it, maybe it is time to you know call it quits or you know tone it down a little bit. Yeah, calm it down. Let's go in another subgenre for a while. Um, Halloween is big. Maybe we'll get more slasher movies for a little while again. Um, shake yeah. things up. I don't know. That'd be nice. <clears throat> That'd be nice. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, and the other thing with the supernatural movies is though is that they're starting to feel really toothless to me because you almost know that unless it has a dark ending, almost no one is actually around to be killed. Like there's almost like you know at the back of your head That's that true, there, yeah. there's going to be a reasonably happy ending, and because of that, like none of the main characters can really die. Like yeah, sure, may, maybe like one character who's kind of tangential, but they're not going to kill the kids. You know this. Yeah. No, definitely uh yeah that's yeah that's a good point um and where are the horror movies like with these big body counts <laughs> like yeah. yeah you don't really get those as much anymore and it's not the sole thing that makes a horror movie good but it's just you know i'm starting to feel like more and more of what i'm seeing is like yeah there's no body counts in this there's no there's no threat yeah. really i mean okay the ghost is supposed to be a threat sure but there's only so many movies where I'm like, oh, the the ghost is trying to take my chil- children. Ah, like, <laughs> you know, like, and I, I love Insidious, but that's kind of what that movie. F- I mean, uh, I mean, there's a bit more of a twist to it later on, but um, yeah. you know, that's what it felt like for a lot of that movie was, and and I love that movie. I was not a complaint on Insidious, but Insidious was nine years ago, yeah. and we're still doing it. Yeah, and, and like I, I do kind of like a you know a, a happy ending, but like. I don't know, everything is just starting to feel like so cheesy like everything is just like oh through the power of like friendship and our, our faith in god we're able to overcome the evil like yeah it's like all right, it's getting to be uh you know too much <laughs> and the ending like the, the way the way the movie ends like the way they kind of i mean mailed spoiler the way they kind of win um doesn't make much sense to me it's just like i don't feel like they set up the, the defeat or the, like how they stop her at all it just comes out of nowhere there's yeah, when the when the yeah the the thing that happens in in the end, like I turned to my wife and I was like, wait, so it, like is I guess I can't say it without spoiling, but well, okay, <laughs> there, well, was in, like, in that case, full spoilers <laughs> from this point on for the Curse of La Llorona. Well, like, so, yeah, I, I basically like, turned to my wife though, and I was like, wait, so is she a vampire? No, <laughs> she like stabs her in the heart with like a crucifix. And I was like, uh, and that okay. defeats her. Like, why does that defeat her? I don't understand. And then she basically turns into like venom, <laughs> like all this like black goose starts like twirling around. Oh uh, yeah, like, it's was a she hor- a symbiote? <laughs> it's a horrible CGI scene. It really is. It's everything I hate a bit more than supernatural movies. Old than anyone. Um, so- and you know what? Uh, and, and the other thing, the other thing too is like, um, like she always wants to. Uh, and I, I think this is like a trope of supernatural horror movies too, where it's always like. They just want to drag you like outside, no, like, no. you know. It, like it's not like oh, if you, oh, I'm gonna kill the kid right here. I'm gonna like you know chop their head off or like explode them or something. It's always like 
oh no, something grabs my leg and now I'm on the floor and like, you know, I'm my nails are gonna do, run do on the floor as I dragged. Do you know what I think caused this? I think it was I think it was the first couple of paranormal activities that had a couple of big oh, scenes where, that's pe- right. where people yeah. were being dragged. And the one in the second movie I remember being kind of impressive in the sense that she was being dragged all the way up the stairs. And it was kinda of like okay. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I was like yeah. So this is what they want. That they try to mimic that that those kind of moments and yeah. that's why we keep seeing it it's because I, I don't think they're intentionally doing it though I, I feel like it's one of those things where some people right away try to mimic it and now it's become yeah. it's kind of like bullet time there, there, there came a point where the movies doing it weren't actually thinking about the matrix even when they thought of it it was just something that became part of like the the filmmaking language it's like oh everyone's yeah. doing bullet time let's do bullet time now oh yeah also like, i know like yeah we're jumping around a bit but another thing scene that uh, made me angry and uh, this was like the really big like prominent scene in the trailer and everything was um the car the, the bath or the bathtub or the uh, bathtub because um, it's just like again like what is this uh monster's motivation because um you know at first you're like all right so she wants to kill the kids right but then like they have this scene where it is like you know very like tenderly washing the kid's hair which is creepy sure but i'm like all right you know la llorona do you want to give the kids a bath or do you want to kill them because you can't do both like well, you, you, <laughs> make up your mind <laughs> do i know why i'm not uh, like a huge fan on a blanket way of supernatural movies like you know i love insidious uh, you know i think the uh-huh. two main conjuring movies are pretty good um and obviously there's examples from further back that i like but the reason why i i would say that i'm always hesitant and skeptical of supernatural movies is you know part of because a lot of the bad ones include this one included what it always feels like to me is that they thought of some moments they want to do first. They thought of yeah. some set pieces, some creepy moments. They want they want her, you know, washing the kids' hair. They want her, you know, appearing in this mirror. They want someone being dragged out the door. Yeah. And then they build the plot around it. And it's just a messy reason after reason to get to these moments. And it doesn't... And hell, not even reasons. Like, this kind of happen. And... Yeah. And I think that's why they frustrate me because it's like it's, it's this license for them to just do random things at any point. And there comes a point though with some supernatural horror movies where I, I sit and go, okay, but why why is the ghost like banging these noises at this time of night? Like you know, like no, oh, exactly, yeah. And I, sometimes it makes sense because they set up the idea that the ghost wants to like you know torment them and disturb them and like be be intentionally creepy. But sometimes yeah. you know I'm looking at Lyrona here and I'm thinking. There's no reason why she would want to like disturb them first. Like she just wants the kids. Like why doesn't she just take, run in, grab them, and take them and leave? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, it's so so dumb. And like even the characters' motivations like feel weird because uh, th- there's like this fake out at one point where you think you know La Llorona is gonna come in, but it ends up being a uh, Patricia. I think was her name. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But then, like, uh, and you know, she reveals as like, "Oh, you took my kids, so yeah, I I pray to you know La Llorona to take yours, so that she can give me mine back." Which again was just another like, "Okay, I guess she can do that now." But like, um, like literally, like two or three minutes later, Patricia is like, "You know what? I'm gonna help you." <laughs> it's like, you know, you go to such an extreme <laughs> to get this woman's kid, and then like. You know, in a matter of just a few minutes, you just yeah. like she, she quickly going, change your mind. She was going to kidnap her kids, take her out of the protection zone. Because by this point, Raphael, the uh, renegade priest, uh, Tuko, he's uh, put like you know barriers up around the house, and he's done all sorts of shit. Um, and 
she's going to kidnap the kids so that Lyrona can take them and she thinks she can get her kids back this way. And I think the only reason why she then decides to help her after this is because as soon as she does break the barrier and takes the kids past, she just gets like fired across the room. And I think she realized, oh, Lyrona's not going to help me. But like, you did try and kidnap this woman's kids and were willing to sacrifice them to get yours back. Like, <laughs> you know, it doesn't yeah. matter how much you help now. Like, you, you did something truly evil a minute ago, you know? Yeah. Um, and let's talk about the bio. You want to talk about the the, the, the the little teddy bear scene or whatever it is? Yeah, so this was so frustrating. Uh, so, yeah, he sets up, like, some barrier thing uh, that seals off the house, yeah, which... It's, uh, it's not salt, but it's it's, it's, it's just like a scene in, a, like, a movie where they put a salt barrier. He, he said something weird, like, oh, this is, like, from the fire tree or something. Like, yeah, and, yeah. and, again, it was just another weird thing where it's like, all right, I guess that's a thing now. We never heard about it before any other point in this movie, but I guess we'll take your word that that's a thing um but then uh so yeah they're inside the house and they're safe uh but of course you know the little girl is missing her doll uh which you know is just slightly outside on the porch so she has to like you know reach through and try to get it and it's just and, and of course everyone uh, gets distracted because i think the back door blows open which <clears throat> i was kind of confused because i was like well Wait, uh, is she doing that? Like, can she just come into like the house in other ways? Because I have to. Ima- I have to imagine he put a barrier at each entrance point. Yeah. But then, like, she can just blow doors open, though. Like, and I was like, I don't understand, like, why. Well, she. I think she like, can blow it... doors open, but I don't think she can actually cross the barrier. I don't think she can, like, step over the the line of the the, <coughs> the, the, the tree fire tree. Yeah. So. Okay, <laughs> but then, um, uh, so yeah, so like everyone's distracted, and then the little girl is trying to reach for a doll, and it just feels like it goes on forever, and it's so annoying. Like, uh, like as a kid, like you know, there'd be times when I'd get scared or something, and I'd be like frozen stiff. Like you're telling me a kid just went through like all this crap, and she, you know, is um, not going to, <laughs> you know, uh, she's gonna put her life on the line to get this doll back. <clears throat> especially we can easily have like you know your mom get it when you when she gets back it was just so dumb and it seems like again going through emotions kind of thing where it's like well we set up this barrier but i guess now we need to f- think of a way to break it um and it, and it happens like so fast it's like they literally just set up the barrier and like already like you know two minutes later <laughs> like they break it um it's, it's just so frustrating it's just one of those things where you're really yelling at the character for being such an idiot even though they are a little kid like i still found it like unbelievable they would do that yeah it was a frustrating and, scene it was, and, it was and she doesn't break it when it. she yeah and, and you know she doesn't break it when she's like leaning over but when she grabs a doll and like drags it back that's what breaks it and uh, it, was, it was so frustrating yeah yeah that's frustrating and there's other parts of the movie like She's a caseworker, as we said, for kid, you know, child services, and she like has this weird dispute with like another coworker at the start, where oh, the, co- yeah. the coworker's been given this case that she, you know, the one with Patricia, uh, that leads to the kids dying, and she said she says to her, um, she won't speak to someone like like you, and there was no hint before this that there was anything wrong with Linda uh, Cardellini's character, but uh, she's like, someone like me? And I'm like, yeah, now you've got a point, and that sounded racist as shit, because the woman in question happens to be Asian. Um, yeah. And she's like, oh, because I'm a mother too, and because I've, I've been working with her for years, she knows who I am. And like, okay, those are all fine yeah. reasons, you should have opened with that. Your phrasing was yeah. a little bit off. But 
they do this thing where obviously um one of the things that happens is that it looks like the kids because because we have them in the the like the the foster home or whatever it is um before they die right the 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 they're drowned by Lyrona. um it looks like they've got these burns and bruises on their arms and it looks like someone's been <coughs> abusing them and obviously once Lyrona is after uh you know linda's kids it becomes clear that um, it's going to look like this too to everyone else. So because the doctor sees some of these markings on her son, we have this scene that they wanted, which you know, clearly is the only purpose for having her uh, earlier on in the movie is that they have her her friend who's a cop because it was it was like his her husband's partner, and uh, this other person who works for child services that she had a fight with or not I wouldn't say a fight but had this dispute with at the start of the movie is then here investigating her and. I was, if anything, like I'm annoyed for two reasons. I'm annoyed for one, like doing such an obvious because, like earlier on in the film when they set her up, that this was what her job was. I was like, and of course, by the time we get like deep into the haunting, she's going to look suspicious. So they're going to be investigating her, and we're going to have to deal with that. But at the same time, I'm almost annoyed as well that they didn't do enough with it. I felt like they had one scene where yeah. they come, like we see the the, the the cop who's a friend who who knew her husband and this other social worker. We never see them again after the scene where they come and like uh, talk to the kids, and yeah. it's it's a fairly quick scene and it never comes up again. Like it literally never comes up again that this is a plot point that they think she might be hurting their kids. Mm-hmm. And not that I really wanted to go down that path anyway, but if you're going to do it, if you're going to set it up, then do something with it. Yeah, it feels like there's a lot of stuff like that. That, um, yeah, we're giving these unnecessary like scenes or details that like don't really matter. Like. Um, yeah, like even the whole thing with her, you know, husband, like being a cop or, and, and stuff like it felt like maybe you would get something more out of that, but just as like a weird, like aside. And then, yeah, like all these scenes, uh, <clears throat> yeah, with the child endangerment stuff, like, you know, it feels like, uh, yeah, it probably could have done more of that. Like maybe they actually take the kids away and then she has to like break in somewhere to get them back and while she's fighting off the, you know, La Llorona or something like yeah, seems like I, that's what you can do but just so like it's so I, forgotten i was trying really hard to think of the purpose of her having this uh ex you know this this husband who died who was a cop mm. um and i think the only real reason for it is the idea that you're sympathetic towards her because she's having this struggling time she's a single mother uh, and their kids are all she's got and she's having to fight to sort of keep them right which is yeah. a typical horror movie thing the idea that you give this person like this is all they have to fight for so they're going to fight for it as hard as they can um but you know a better movie would have like made this more of a thematic link okay so like let's say because her, her husband is dead and was a cop and he he died protecting people maybe she would be hesitant to protect people maybe she would need to step because she'd be too scared of something happening like what happened to her husband sure. or or yeah. maybe something else i don't know like but there was never any kind of like thematic thing in the story that felt like this is why it's relevant that her ex or not her ex-husband but her her dead husband was a cop there was yeah. never anything that really played on that. It honestly, some of these scenes, it really felt they were padding at the runtime. I felt like they had barely an hour of story, and but it's a ninety-minute movie, so they had to stretch things out. We had to have the creepy little scenes where the daughters, you know, playing with an umbrella outside, and it's yeah. a it's a transparent umbrella, and every time she sort of brings it up, she kind of sees the you know La Llorona a little bit. I'll, I'll admit, I did kind of like that scene, even though it is like super like typical for these movies but i was like ah, i mean 
it is like the very like stereotypical kind of like you know jump scare that you expect but i don't know i think it's at least done like a little well but you know it's maybe like the one thing that i kind of liked <laughs> i just nothing in the movie felt inspired to me everything felt like it was just like i said going through the motions but like yeah you know everything it's the it's the bog standard thing and like I said, the, the escalation of the movie that feels really off to me it feels like the, she only really just like gets people involved like at the, the 60 minute mark and you know mm-hmm. get get someone to come and see what's going on and whatever we, we spend a lot of time just doing the the family drama of it which is fine if it's well written and it makes us care about the characters i don't know if it does though it yeah like uh, what was like with the scene where like at one point she's looking at herself in the mirror and like you know it, it almost seems like she's kind of like oh what have i become <laughs> like when when she like looks at a reflection or whatever uh, and i just seem weird <laughs> i don't have an answer for you timmy i, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't have an answer i really don't <laughs> Um, you know, she, she just, eventually starts seeing Lyurona around herself, and then that's what kind of prompts her to go back to the priest, yeah. which then prompts to go to the other guy, and then the movie plays out exactly what you think it is, except it's on it's on this weird autopilot where, again, the, Raphael just keeps making up rules, and then at the end of the movie, he throws her a crucifix when when she's going right for the kids, and she stabs her in the heart, and that for some reason defeats her. Why? Who knows? <laughs> Um, and it ends with them hugging the priest, or hugging Raphael, sorry, and then we end with a reflection of her in, in a puddle of tears on the side of the road. Yeah. <sighs> like, uh, tears in the rain. It's, um... <laughs> that's, a, that's a bad week for that reference, Tim. What is a perfect week? It's relevant. <laughs> don't, don't sully but... the late, great Rutger Hoyer with... <laughs> Comparing La Llorona to to his career or anything he was in, uh, our R.I.P. Obviously, we uh, we love Rucker Howard. He's a uh, he's fantastic. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what else there is to say about this movie. It's just even though it's ninety minutes, it still felt too long. Uh, oh sure, yeah, it, it's it's bad. <laughs> it's it made, it made me angry. <laughs> uh, these are the feelings I felt. Do you know what the sad part is? Is that it's not like diabolically bad in the same way that like I don't know. Like it's not funny bad at any point. It's not like anything like that. It's it's the it's the mundane bad. It's this the yeah. This is just going through the tropes. This is like such a Hollywood made bad movie as opposed to like something a bit more interesting. Where sure, I mean. Like it, it takes itself so seriously that you can't oh, have yeah. any fun with it. You can't laugh at cheesiness. It's just annoying. <laughs> yeah, I cannot recommend this in any way, shape, or form. Um, Tim, would you like to yeah. rate the film out of ten? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'll give it a two. I guess I, I don't know. Like I can't really think of like any positives about it like uh, i mean uh, you know linda carlini is a good actress you know so i i, I guess to be fair I, I think you know mostly everyone in the movie was good except for uh, i mean Raphael again i just i felt like he seemed so bored <laughs> with his performance but i mean everyone else is like a decent actor um and i mean i i, I guess if you like jump scares which you know i'm not necessarily against jump scares like if they're done well that they, they actually can be pretty good and effective but 
Um, if you just like jump scares in any shape or form, you'll get enough of them here. That's um, for sure. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't really think of anything that's that, that's good. Like even the music it just sounds like the boring, you know, typical music that you would expect in this kind of movie. Yeah, yeah, there's no, there's legitimately nothing unique or interesting about this movie. Like nothing. Yeah. So, um, that said though, bizarrely, I don't know if I can go as low as a two, uh, <laughs> just because. Just because it's, st- it's still got the Hollywood sheen to it, which isn't necessarily yeah. a good thing always. Like I'd actually be more interested in this if it didn't have that sheen, probably. Well, interest is maybe a strong word. But, like, you know, like, at least, like, technically, it's not, like, a mess. Sure. I you know? guess. <laughs> like, like uh, at least I, c- I can say that about it. Um, there have been messier movies, sure. Yeah, um, it did. There was, I mean, they were a little bit too on the nose, but there was a couple of flashy shots. But it was, they were clearly trying to give it some style. Um, I don't think yeah. it worked. There's like a one at the start when it it chases the girl into the house, and then uh, when the door blows open, the aforementioned scene where the door keeps blowing open a little bit, and then it blows open wide. Uh, yeah, just like Insidious, if I recall correctly. <laughs> um, it does this shot outside. It's almost like an Evil Dead shot, but as it's coming towards the door. It's the camera like completely oh, yeah. rotates. Uh, I mean, why? I don't know. But, <laughs> um, I, I guess Lyarona is like flying through the air, and there's like a there's a barrel wheel. <laughs> it's like Star Fox. Just like Great. Star Fox. Do a barrel roll. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so I cannot recommend it. Uh, I'll I'll give it a three out of ten. Oh my god, you loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, don't you spread filthy, filthy lies. Uh, but that is, uh, that is that is the Curse of La Llorona. Um, here's hoping the next installment in the, the, the Conjuring universe will be something better. Uh, which, by the way, we got two of these this year. We got this and Annabelle Comes Home. Yeah. That's insane. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, so let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below, all that jazz, like and subscribe, all these stuff. You can support the show and everything we do here by going to patreon.com slash TV, where you can support us for as little as $1 per month. And for that $1, you get access to a bonus episode, an exclusive Patreon episode every month. Um, this past episode we did was a Scream Man, as Tim mm-hmm. mentioned earlier. Very so. fun. And that was the fifth one. So if you sign up now, you get access to all five. Uh, and then you can keep supporting us and keep the reviews coming and feel warm and fuzzy on the inside. Yeah, I think all those episodes were really fun too. Like if uh, it, you know, if people like kind of, you know, the a little bit more of the wackier, crazier <laughs> movies mm-hmm. uh, that we review, I, I think it's uh, well worth getting that. Yeah. Uh, so go check. I also, and if the five dollar tier and up, you get to uh, vote on our movie uh, episode once per month as well, uh, and you get to throw in movies to the crypt. What is the crypt? You ask. The crypt is a to do list of movies that our patrons submit to. And every so often we'll pick one from the list or we'll maybe put one of the votes up in Patreon for, you know, all movies that are in the crypt. Uh, but do, do go check it out. Um, otherwise, of course, you can get us on Twitter at Screams Midnight, which is important. You get some funny uh, back and forth with me and Tim on there. Uh, you can also ask us <laughs> questions on there. You can ask us questions via email as well. Uh, mftvquestions at gmail.com. You can ask us questions, send them in. Just put in the uh, the subject heading uh, the show that you're asking questions for, which in this case is Screams After Midnight. And every so often we'll ask, we'll answer some questions on the show. Mm. Uh, so you can do that. Um, otherwise, check out other content we have. I mentioned the sci-fi movie podcast we have, The Ace, which I do with Tara. You can also check out various TV show reviews uh, and the weekly DC Comics podcast, Comics from the Multiverse. 
Um, but yeah, uh, also worth mentioning, since we mentioned Patreon, just to swing back around to that, uh, you know, we're getting ever closer to our goal where we'll do a monthly stream called Streams After Midnight, mm-hmm. uh, where me and Tim will either uh, talk about a movie live, play a horror video game, or whatever else. Uh, so once we hit 250 on there, we'll be doing that. Um, and as long as we stay above 250, it'll keep coming. So um, go have a look at that. Uh, is there anything else, Tim, if I've forgotten to do anything at the end of the show? Uh, if if Pete can teach me how to uh, how to stream stuff, I would like to uh, stream Castlevania 64. Because I, I think it's a good game. I don't know. Um, that'll take some equipment. I don't know what you mean. Um, it'll take a computer with a graphics card. It'll take an no. Elgato. And it'll take no. an N64 <laughs> as well as... Oh, that's everything. You've got everything else you need. Yeah. Mm, I, don't, I don't know if I, if I like that. Um, well, I, isn't I, there a w- I ain't streaming it for you. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> isn't there a way I can play... Uh... Oh, wait. What if I play uh, the game on my TV, but then I kind of just turn my webcam to the TV? Would I that mean... work? People who like watching games being streamed won't watch it, but it would work. <laughs> it's a very low tech way of doing it, but yeah. We'll see. Maybe, uh, maybe people will want that. Ah, uh, dear. Um, but yeah, streams after midnight. Uh, go support us on Patreon if you want that to become a reality. Anyway. Uh, that is that has been us. That has been Screams After Midnight um, for, for this week. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Also, rate is actually on your podcast app. Uh, Apple Podcasts or whatever mm-hmm. else. Give us a rating. Uh, five stars. Tell us how great mm-hmm. we are. And that uh, helps people find the show. So go do that. Uh, that is us, though. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys. And we will see you next time.